imagine a world where all the leaders are helpless when more than 1,000 civilians are killed in a nation? Can you ever imagine a world where no one could stop the hurricane that comes and that claim and claims thousands of lives from the face of this earth? Can you ever imagine a world with all these medical advancements where millions lost their lives by just a virus? The word hope is being kind of removed from the dictionaries because hope has no meaning on the face of this earth because anything that could happen to anybody can happen to anybody there is no assurance there is no security today we think that we may we are safe in this part of the land but what is the guarantee the word hope is losing its meaning and losing its significance on the face of this earth. Even if the world functions perfectly with no war, with no virus, and no natural disasters, this world can never guarantee a life beyond death. All that this world could take you is keep you on the face of this earth as long as we are alive. There is no guarantee then anything beyond once we die once buried there is no hope beyond the grave only the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gives us hope beyond the grave this morning I titled my sermon as hope beyond the grave can you say that with me hope beyond the grave the word Easter or Resurrection Sunday, when we come together remembering the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and as the whole world is celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ today, there is one thing, that one point that we can never miss, that is hope, that is a hope that we have beyond the grave. You know what goes into the grave? But we don't see anything that comes out of the grave because we believe we believe that grave is the end of humanity and if we do not know the worth of the life that is beyond the grave our celebration and our hunting of easter egg and keeping our easter bunny doesn't really make any sense what we need to know is what is Easter or the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ you know today we see many people go in and come out of the church without even knowing what does it mean because the church at times doesn't speak about it if we do not know the worth of the life that is beyond grave Easter doesn't really make any sense to us today I'm going to teach on the worth of the hope that resurrection offers the worth of the life that resurrection offers. If you can go to the next slide, please. We are going to ask these three questions. You know, asking questions is the best way to get a good answer. What are those three questions that we are going to ask? Number one, can anyone read for me? Can all of us read for me? What is resurrection? How do we know that the dead will rise? 
Who can take part in the resurrection? For some of us, it may be just a new thing, you know. Your first time maybe hearing, dead will rise. So that's what we are going to talk about this morning. Number one, what is resurrection? Resurrection is nothing but dead coming back life. Dead coming back life. And how do we know? Where do we know? That's what we are going to, going to spend a few minutes with. Second Corinthians, let's open the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 and through 8. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. So we are always confident. Knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. You know, that's how we need to study the Bible, read the Bible, knowingly, understanding, with understanding. So shall we read that again? So we are always confident. Read that together so it helps. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith. How do we walk? We walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What does it mean, absent from the body? So being absent from the body is death. So when we are absent from the body, what scripture says, what end of the line says, we are present with the Lord. Have you ever thought of that? Being absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So death for a child of God is being absent from the body and being present with the Lord. You know, death for a child of God, death on the face of this earth is a transition from this world to another world. So death in this life is a transition from this life to another life. Please be seated. So when Jesus cried out saying, you know, this is what Jesus said. I want you to follow with me closely. Father, into your hands I give my spirit. That's what Jesus said. Father, into your hands I give my spirit. And when he took his final breath, certain things happened on the face of this earth. There took place some unusual events on the face of this earth. The writer of Gospel of Ma Matthew records such an unusual event that took place on the face of this earth. Shall we read from Matthew chapter 27, verses 51 to 53? Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. How? The veil was torn from top to bottom when Jesus gave up his spirit from bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and verse 42 and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. When? 53. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, bodies were raised because there was an earthquake Tombs were opened and bodies were raised. And when they came out into the city, after his resurrection, after Jesus rose from the dead and these bodies came out, they went into the holy city and appeared to be too many. You know, we often overlook this passage. We don't really talk about this passage because sometimes, you know, passages are very clever because they don't, they don't have an answer. You know, somebody asks why, why, how? Why it happened, they don't have an answer, you know. For that reason, we don't really talk about this. But I have an answer today. <laughs> so, we see bodies raised from the tomb. As Jesus raised, they went into the city. 
People got out of their graves and they walked in the streets of Jerusalem. Those who died, people were wondering, didn't we bury Uncle Harry? What is he doing in the city? We thought we buried him, but now we see him in the city. There are many people, they were just walking around in the city of Jerusalem when Jesus rose from the dead. What are they doing in the city? Not everyone. Only selected men and women. They were given the privilege of entering into the city. When did this happen? Not before the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, because remember always, he is the first fruit. Can you say first fruit? It happened after the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. Why did this happen? I'm sure God has placed this. I'm sure that took place for a simple reason. I just be I believe it took place just for us to believe the resurrection is possible. Amen? For us to believe the bodily resurrection is possible. Can I hear an amen? It's not something new. Don't just look, look at me just as if you're listening something new. You know about it. But this morning I'm here to tell you that bodily resurrection is for sure, is for the believers. We often overlook this. We don't often preach on resurrection, but today I want to really make this opportunity to show some of the scriptures how resurrection is possible and why and how it's going to happen. Amen. Secondly, we talked about, we, we asked the question, what is resurrection? Now let's ask a question, how do we know that the dead will rise? How do we know that the dead will rise? Scripture is our basis. You know, word of God is our basis. We don't have any other theology other than what the word says. We believe what scripture says, what Bible says. We don't believe in the resurrection because we heard a testimony of someone going to heaven and coming back alive. Someone died and they went back, went to heaven and after then they came back alive. We don't believe in resurrection just because of that testimony. The testimony may be true or not. Maybe true. Even many other religions, they claim the same thing. So we don't believe in resurrection because of the testimony, but we believe that bodily resurrection is possible. It, it is true for the believers because Jesus said so and the scriptures say so. There are four references we are going to read. Number one, Job chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. Can we read that together? Job chapter 19, verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth, verse 26, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Amen. The rabbinical literature says Job was a prophet. I believe that, and I'm sure you also believe that. Even the, the religion Islam strongly says that Job is considered as a prophet. There is no doubt about it. Job, thousands of years before, he could foresee the event that is going to take place, which has not taken place yet in our lives. And he could foresee that and he says, can we read the scripture again? For I know that my Redeemer lives. Who is that Redeemer? Jesus. My Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth and after my skin is destroyed. Maybe it simply means that after I died, when skin is gone, everything is gone. 
that in my flesh I shall see God whom, sh whom I shall see or, or of my, for myself and my eyes shall behold and not another how, many, how my heart yearns within me. Job died already. He's prophesying over an incident that never took place in his lifetime which has not taken place yet. And he says Jesus is going to stand on this earth. That is true. When Jesus was caught up into the heaven, you remember the angels appeared there in the same Jesus who was taken up into the heaven. He will come back in the same manner. And Bible says his feet will touch Mount Olives. His feet will, feet will touch Mount Olives. Jesus is going to stand on this earth. Job could foresee, foresee this. You know, that's how we need to study this prophetical words of God. How they are able to foresee the things which are yet to happen. He's going to see Jesus. How he's going to see after his skin is gone, he's going to see him with his own eyes he's going to see. So Job tells us that the flesh shall be given again because he says, this in my flesh I shall see. New pair of eyes will be given again. The second reference, Romans chapter 8 verses 22 to 24. Romans chapter 8 verse 22 for we know can we read together for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with pain with bangs together that simply means pangs simply means sudden sharp pain it's a delivery pain kind of together until now verse 23 not only that but we also who have the first fruit of the spirit who is the first fruit Jesus is the first fruit who have the fruit of the first spirit who have the spirit of God first to all first fruit always refers to Christ's resurrection even we ourselves grown within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption what is adoption the earth handing over us to the heaven the earth handing somebody there is an exchange of ownership that is what is adoption handing over the ownership to heaven the redemption salvation from sin of our body verse 24 for we were saved in this hope our salvation comes through in this hope what is that hope one day the earth the grave is going to hand over the ownership to heaven that is the that is the truth on which we are saved today and for we were saved in this hope but hope that is seen is not hope for we for, for why does one still hope for what he sees? Hope is what? Something which we don't see. I often say that the hope doesn't work in heaven. It doesn't need to work in heaven because we see everything. Faith doesn't need to work in heaven because we see everything in front of within in our own eyes. When we see Jesus in front of our own eyes, we don't need faith to believe. We just need to believe because we are capable of believing what we see today. You know, that's why people today, you know, run around here and there to find God, whether they can find God in an idol, whether they can find God in a tree, whether they can find God in a snake, because we want to see something, then only we believe. That's how we are wired, that's how we are made, but, Christianity, the faith that we have today, we walk by faith, not by sight. We know my Redeemer lives. Can I hear an amen? Can you say that with me? I know my Redeemer lives. Can you say that loudly? I know my Redeemer lives. Amen. Amen. Now here Paul says, the whole creation is groaning 
and waiting, not only human being, the trees out there, the animals in the field, the whole creation is waiting, groaning with severe pain, waiting for the days when our bodies will be handed over, when the adoption will take place to the eternal heaven. You know, Christ made us body and soul. You all have a body, soul, and spirit. When we die, our spirit goes back to God. Our soul waits, and our body is buried. Amen? I said it's a study. It's not really a sermon, but it's something good for us to know this morning as we remember his resurrection. So Jesus has redeemed our souls now. Jesus has redeemed. How many of your souls are redeemed by Jesus? Can I see your hands? How many? Oh. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. So our souls are redeemed by Jesus. But our body is not redeemed yet. Our body is going to be redeemed later. Just follow with me. Number three, Philippians chapter three, verses 20 to 21. Shall we read that together? For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, whom we transform, sorry, whom, who will transform our lowly bodies, inferior bodies, our lowly body, that it may be conformed to the, his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. There are three important facts, truths that Paul is bringing out in these scriptures. Number one, human body is a lowly body. Human body is an inferior body. Number two, okay, let's, let's go there a little later. First of all, let's talk a little bit about our human body. Our human body is an inferior body. We know how fragile our body is. Even the most built, the strongest man, human body, is fragile and it's inferior. Even if the body is built and well built and if the body is really fit, when it is hit by a truck, it gets disintegrated. Listen to me, I remember in my teenagers, I used to go to a gym in my teenagers do some workouts, exercise, and for some weightlifting. So the owner of the gym was a boy, just, just like me, and he was well fit. And I, many times I felt his muscles. They are just, not just his muscles, his whole body is just, as, just like as rocks. Just very solid, very strong. One day when he was riding a motorbike, a truck hit him, and the rear wheel ran over his body. And if there is anyone else in his place, he would have died just right there. Because the back wheel ran over him, a loaded truck, you can imagine. But because he was so strong, because, you know, he could build his muscles, and the muscles are so, so strong in his body, he survived for close to 12 hours, and then he died. And I, I just refused to go there at that time because I couldn't even handle that scene. Our human body is an inferior body. Today we see people boasting around and saying that, you know, I'm good, everything is good, and tomorrow we hear the news, you know, they are no more, they are gone. We're talking about a body that we have today, it's an inferior body. Paul says that, writes that very clearly. God wants us to give 
the body that he created on the sixth day. The body that we have today is not that body that was created on the sixth day. That was a glorious body. It will never die. Do you remember that? That body is not supposed to die. Eat the fruit of the tree of life and live forever. But because of sin, we end up in having this inferior body. And if you can go to the next slide, C.S. Lewis, a British writer and theologian, this is what he says. When you are learning to ride, they give you an unimpressive horse. Only when you are ready for it, are you allowed an animal that will gallop and jump. When you are practicing to ride on a horse, they don't really give the best horse that could ride best, the best ever. They, would, they won't give they will just give a horse just most of the time it sleeps, it just eats, sleeps, eats, sleep. That kind of horse is what you'll get when you try to learn, learn horse riding. They are not going to give you. So he says, but when we, are, we become an expert, he is going to give you the best horse. That simply means when we are on the face of this earth, we have this inferior body. But you know what? That's not impressive. How much ever you work on this body, just that body is just disintegrating day by day. Time, minute by minute, second by second, there is something that is lost in your body and my body. But God will give you a glorified body. Very impressive body. In Bible says it is an incorruptible body which must be superior than the current one. Certainly. Secondly, Paul writes here as we read from Philippians chapter 3 verses 20 to 22. He says, your resurrection body will be like... Can you go back to the scripture please? Verse 21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. So Paul writes here, your resurrection, resurrected body will be like of Christ's glorious body. Can I hear an amen? That simply means it is a physical body. Listen to me. It is not just a spirit floating in the cloud. cloud. When we die, when Jesus rises up, when he wakes, him, wakes us up, our spirit are not just going to float in the cloud. Because bodies, they don't float in the cloud. They don't float. Bible says we need a mansion to sit. God is going to give us a physical body just like Christ's resurrected body. You remember Christ's resurrected body? Luke chapter 24 verse 39, Bible says, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, handle me, the resurrected Jesus standing there with the disciples, with Mary Magdalene. And he's saying, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones. As you see, I have. Jesus' glorified resurrected body had what? Flesh and bones. Flesh and bones, Jesus is talking about his own resurrected body. Here Paul writes, your body is going to be transformed, transformed to a body like Christ's glorified body, glorious body, flesh and bones. The resurrected body must look like a gardener for Mary to, to go and get surprised that she thought it's a gardener. The resurrected body should much like the fellow traveler with the disciples who went to the, the city of Emmaus. Thirdly, the scripture says our bodies will be transformed by the power of God. Resurrection is something, resurrection is something that we cannot understand. 
It's going to happen by the power of God. It's beyond. It defies human understanding. It defies medical science. It defines all the scientific laws and principles because that's what is the resurrection of God. That's how power of God works. Paul writes in Philippians, he is talking about the power of resurrection. Can we read the scripture? Uh, Paul writes in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter Sorry, I don't have that. I don't have the scripture. It, it's in Philippians. Paul says that you may know the power of his resurrection. Paul talks about the power of resurrection. Same power that rose Jesus from the dead is capable of rising our dead bodies when we are died and we are gone. God has planned a precious life for us. The fourth scripture in reference, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 to 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not asleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Bible says Jesus is going to come back to this world. Can I hear an amen? And this transformation that we are talking about is going to happen on the day when Jesus comes back to this world. The same Jesus, how he went into the heaven, he is going to come back to this world. And this transformation is going to happen instantly. Instantly. There are people that are going to, if Jesus comes in our time, there are people, those who already died knowing God. And they are going to rise first. And we are going to caught up with him into the clouds. And Paul writes that this corruptible body will put on incorruption, the body which is capable of living forever. Finally, who can take part in the resurrection? I believe this is important. With that, we are going to close and pray. Who can be part of this resurrection? There are three things I just want to share, one scripture each and close. Number one, we need to believe in Jesus. John chapter 11, verses 25 to 26 John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Number one, we need to believe in Jesus. You may say that, Pastor, I believe in Jesus for ages. I believe in Jesus generation after generation. We need to believe in Jesus every day. Even today, we need to believe in Jesus. Every day, we need to believe in Jesus. Jesus spoke to her and said, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe in this? Number one, we need to believe. Number two, we need to know Jesus. Bible says, even demons, they believe in Jesus, that he is God. Even the devil knows that he is God. They believe in Jesus. But number two, we read that in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Paul says here that I may, can you read that with me? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I may know him, right? I may know him being conformed to his death, verse 11. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So he says, there are two things he says. Number one, within this second aspect, he says that I may know him. We need to believe in Jesus. We need to know him. I come across Christians. We come across Christians who don't read Bible because their church, they are not encouraged to read Bible. I don't know what kind of Christianity it is. 
How do we know God without reading Bible? Where else we can find God without reading our Bible? The word of God that given, God has given in our hands is just to know him, just to know, for us to know God. So we need to know God. That's the reason we need to come to church on Sunday. Otherwise, you are not going to know God. It's not enough how much ever we know God. Still, we can know more about God. Because we all believe that this book cannot contain us such a great God, right? So he put a lot of Holy Spirit has put a lot of effort into this, writing this book the way it's possible. But God is just much beyond this. God wants us to know him. Second way to go to heaven, two, three things important. Believe in Jesus, know Jesus. Thirdly, the end of the scripture, 11, verse 11, uh, Philippians 3, 11, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection for from the dead. Who is saying this? Who is saying this? Hello, who wrote Philippians? Paul, okay. Paul is saying, what is he saying? If by any means I may attain the resurrection, there is a work. By any means, whatever I need to do. You know, when we are desperate, this is what to say. I am really willing to do whatever you want me to do. I'm just willing to do whatever you want me to do. I'm desperate. Paul is desperate. He's saying that by any means I may attain the resurrection. There is a work that we need to do. You don't need to do any work to receive salvation because that work Jesus did at the cross. But every day to get saved, to protect that salvation, keep that salvation till the end, until we reach God, until we reach heaven, we need to work every day. We need to work out our salvation every day. We need to work every day. We need to pray. We need to read the word of God. We need to make sure our life is right. We have a relationship with God. We need to make sure all these things happen. So we need to do three things we need to do. Number one, we need to believe. We need to know God. We need to work towards resurrection. You know, this morning I just want to ask you a question. What are you working toward? We may be working towards a project. We may be working towards to achieve something. We may work towards building our life in this city, in this nation. We may work towards building a house, buying a house, buying a car, whatever it may be. Never forget to work towards your resurrection. Amen? We need to work towards our resurrection. This morning, I just want to summarize as we close. Shall we all just stand at this moment as I summarize and we are getting into a time of prayer. Death is being absent from the body and resurrection is being present with the Lord. We believe the bodily resurrection is possible because Jesus bodily resurrected and he went to heaven. Because scripture says so, we believe that bodily resurrection is possible. When real resurrection takes place, this inferior body is going to be replaced with a heavenly body. When resurrection takes place, this, 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 uh, this uh, you know, body which will get integrated, disintegrated, and this body is going to be transformed into an eternal, glorious body. Those who believe, those who know God and try to know more about God, those who work towards the resurrection can take part in this glorious event that is the resurrection of our own body. That is the life that we have beyond grave. That is a hope that we have today beyond the grave. This morning shall we just close our eyes.